So, UFC Vegas 29 and PF45 have been done and dusted. And three fights on the uh, main card for UFC Vegas 29 it took my interest the most. Uh, I'll be honest with you, it was the Dan Ige versus uh, the Korean Zombie uh, fight, which was the main event. Uh, Matt Brown versus... Um, what's his name? Matt Brown versus... Diego Lima and Alexi Olenek versus Sergey Spivak. And on PFLs, Rory McDonald versus Gleason Tibor uh, fight, which that's actually a controver- controversial kind of fight um, at, at the moment because they're having the argument about the win. And um, basically, um, Rory McDonald isn't um, too happy about the, uh, the win. And well, I get to that um, towards the end. But starting with the first fight, the main uh, event of the UFC Vegas 29 fight card, or the main fight card. Um, I initially generally thought that um, Dan Ige might might have had this, but um, watching uh, watching how the Korean Zombie performed in that fight, in fact, watching the Korean Zombie how he performed in his last fight, you know, it actually did a kind of arouse my suspicions and concerns. Not that I'm not that I'm kind of like personally rooting for um, Dan Ige, but he just the, the, I thought he'd be the best fighter out of these two guys um, out of this fight, you know. I thought that um, then Ego would take with him, but looking at Korean Zombie, his uh, track re- excuse me, his track record and his um, uh, his past fights, and looking at how he performed in this fight, um, you know he's well running fights, a really well running fight. He's good on his feet, his, his stand up's good, and he's also good on the ground. His ground game is also good as well, and you saw that in this fight. You know, uh, where wherever the fight went. Whether it was going to go on the ground uh, by the fence in the clinch, or uh, while standing up striking, you know, in the stand up, his his you know his fight game, his fight IQ was on point. It was really good, and you know, uh, not to bash Dan Ego or anything or to say anything bad about the guy because he's a good fighter. I, mean, I love the way he performed with, with Gavin Tucker in his last last fight. You know, that's what you saw that knockout knockout power, and the fight was you know it's one of those fights he had that I say. The fight was over before he, before he even started. So, um, you know, yeah, as I was saying before, where the fight went on the ground or whether it was uh, during the stand-up between the two guys, you know, um, the Korean zombie was always ready and always uh, prepared to, um, to to attack, to defend, to perform. And he did that really, really well. You know, um, Dan Ige really, you know, I could see that he was struggling more, I, hmm, I said he was struggling more on the ground than he was during the stand-up. So, um, and I would say that you know the Korean Zombie, his fire IQ, his uh, just overall performance, how he performed, how he fought in the um, in that fight, you know, he uh, it proved too much for Dan Ige, you know, it just proved too much for the guy. Um, what was the other little note that I said? Um, yeah, while he was fighting, while he was standing, you know, the zombie didn't necessarily have to, didn't wait too long. Uh, he was calm and calculated, like I say, about the other fighters, especially those guys in the heavyweight division. When this guy was calm, took his time, but eventually, you know, he did something and he rushed in and he attacked. He would launch an attack, an attack, uh, when the time was right, when he could do so um, intelligently and do the most possible damage, and you know, um, be dominating the fight. 
and um yeah i mean not much not much else i can say uh of course i say a lot more if i was talking with with somebody here co-hosting with with someone co-hosting with somebody else but um yeah i mean overall that's what i thought about the fight and uh you know just to reiterate but that point to me that was my initial point that i was starting out with i thought that dan Ige was going to take the way the win from this fight against the korean zombie and probably that for me that was somewhat naive and probably shows just how much of this sport I'm yet to learn, just um, to grasp my understanding of, and just you know to get to know how things uh, really work. Because I think when I say I thought that Danico would take with the win um, in his last fight with Gavin Tucker, uh, just how he just that KO, that knockout, just sent, that just sent Gavin Tucker down to the ground. And um, I think in that sort of situation where the person, well, by the person you know, um, knocks at the other opponent so quickly. With a single blow within the first thirty seconds, one minute, uh, two minutes, or so, just in sh- such a short space of time, I think maybe I can say safely that they just got lucky in that in that instance. You know, they landed the shot perfectly, and they took the win. So, Alexei Olenek versus Sergey Spivak. So, the fight went the way that um, I thought it would. Um, <clears throat> Kind of I mean I think initially if initially I, I was put I was basing my money on Olenek to win um, because of his his track record his past history which as I'm making this podcast right now this episode I've completely forgotten I should make no, made notes on it but oh what the hell you know what the heck you know he uh, he does have a really long fight history I mean at 43 years old. He's been in this game, the fight game, not necessarily just in the UFC, but he's been in mixed martial arts for a very, very long time. He's a veteran of the sport. So this is someone who knows their stuff. But Spivak, of course, is the younger, fresh, younger bloods, um, younger, fresher talents coming up in the ranks in the sports in the UFC. So at 26 years of age, Spivak, and then Olenek at 43 years of age, I mean, obviously, naturally, the younger guy, and this is a young man's game, fighting is a young, young man's game, um, Spivak would have the advantage and you could see it in the fight you know he was fast on his feet wasn't flat footed at all although springy and sh- springy and, uh, you know in his step his footwork was quick you know he had the speed and the agility and how he just he would turn out or spin out of those clinches uh, by the fence uh, was that was really impressive it was really good and I even put a poll out on my Instagram stories just in the days leading up to the fight and I think the result was 100% Spivak was going to win this fight and I thought mm, okay I get that I understand he's a younger person he's faster so he'll have more energy and we'll be, his recovery will be much better his cardio will be much better but he, overall he'll be able to recover sooner quicker and will be faster in the octagon um, but I thought I was looking at just thinking of other fights um, that I've seen before in the past where by one of the opponents is even way past the retirement age then they're like early to maybe mid 40s and they're fighting someone who's younger than they are who's at least not older than 35 years or not older than 36 or 37 years old <clears throat> 36 or 37 years of age and they um they won they won the fight um but in this case in this instance um that didn't happen um i could see that Spivak again had the um young man's young young man's advantage he was much more energetic and was moving really well in the octagon moving really well and you can see that um Olenek his uh, performance 
he at some points when it was backs up into a corner by the fence, he had to have his guard up. Um, and also I could see that his just how he was throwing blows and uh, how he was throwing strikes. It did look quite slow. I mean, compared to Spivak, it did look um, he the best way I can put it. Um, just as someone who's still very new to this get to this sport. He did look pretty slow and quite sluggish in the, in the octagon. So um, at one point I thought, okay, this is either how this guy performs or this is just because he's getting older. He's a lot older. He's now in the territory of, as I said, as I was saying about Matt Brown, he's now in the territory um, age-wise where most athletes, where most mixed martial arts um, fighters, to be more specific, they start to retire. They consider retire. They start losing their fights um they you know they start to underperform in the cage and eventually they either retire or the fighting organization the promoter just cuts them they get just get rid of them so um and that's one of those situations up by you know it's a good example that well it's a good example of a fighter or just in general everybody just we can't beat father time as you get older you get slower you know so certain things are not what they used to be your speed is not going to going to be what it was your recovery is not going to be what it was and before and unfortunately those things you gradually lose them so um uh, and you know looking at this his fight record i think this will now be his second or third loss in a row now his last few fights before this fight he did lose them so uh questions posed in my mind and i'm sure in the mind of other other fight fans uh, other people in the mixed martial arts community will this guy be cut from the um uh, from the ufc um, as much as I can say for that, I mean, um, he's had he's had such a long history in the sport, a uh, long, long time. I think, yeah, he is the one of the only fighters, only only two fighters to um, uh, beat an opponent and win by using the Ezekiel choke, which is a specific move which I there's it's actually a nickname for it, which they use in the uh, it's a nickname for the same move that they use in the in the U.S. Army. So, uh, what I'll just wait and see what, what happens with the UFC if they do cut him. Um, I mean, Anderson Silva managed to stay in the UFC until the age of 45, 46. And, um, so anything's possible if they do, um, if they do, if they do like him, if they do want to keep him, they'll just, they'll do just that. Uh, but wait and see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, looking at how he performed in that fight, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if Dana White um, wants to get rid of the guy. Uh, because this sport, unfortunately, in reality, is a young man's game. So moving on, the third fight that got my interest was Matt Brown versus Diego Lima. So for this fight, I think I was on the fence um, about it uh, initially uh, in in the beginning. Um, so Matt Brown has been fighting in the UFC for a very long time. Well not the UFC but I mean overall in mixed martial arts he's been fighting he's been in this game for a long long time I think around his mid 30s about 34-35 I'm going to go into the fact that uh, what happened but I mean just saying why I thought my initial thought my initial um, prediction about who would win this fight was the way it was um, Matt Brown who suffered some issues with memory because of all the blows he's taken to his head um, I thought he might actually underperform but that wasn't the case and I thought the win would uh, go straight to um, Lima uh, but no Matt Brank um, came out as the best of fire so, but the stand up from both guys was really good um, I was particularly impressed by the stand up from Matt Brown and uh, 
he again he'd like um the other um guy on the, on the other father i just mentioned that i was just talking about um alex alexi alexi um Olenek. i hope i'm pronouncing, like, uh, pronouncing it correctly guys please if i'm not correct me in the comment section down below if you're watching this on youtube on youtube pronounce that correctly um you know he's uh, not too far from the same age as Olenek. he's only about what three or four years older three or four years younger um but uh, no, I was impressed by his stand-up, you know, the way he's throwing punches, the way he's throwing strikes, uh, the knees, the leg kicks. You know, he was fighting like someone who's probably 10, uh, 10 years younger than his, than his uh, current age. So, um, yeah, uh, it was uh, really impressive. I was, it was really interesting to watch, you know, and uh, that f- the right hand they used just to, um, t- to just send that knockout. Um, for me something I wrote down here is like maybe despite his age and despite all the things he's been through um, as a veteran he you know he potentially he still got it so uh, you know wait and see um, wait and see what happens and I think now he is saying that he wants to uh, fight Nate Diaz uh, it would be a big big fight true Nate Diaz is a big big name Matt Brown is also quite a big name in the sport he's a mixed martial arts veteran he's been in the sport for so long so yeah uh, I'd like to see that if they do uh, if that uh, fight is given the go ahead by Dana White and the other people and the other guys of the UFC then yeah I would look forward to seeing that that would be insane would be an entertaining fight so moving on PFL 5 uh, the Rory McDonald versus Gleason uh, Gleason taboo fight Um, so it was an entertaining fight especially after the first eye poke from Rory McDonald and he poked his opponent in the eye twice so it is um, basically what happened is that um, uh, the fight was great but clearly f- just from looking at it even as a novice myself and I'm sure many people out there will agree with me that um, the clear winner of this fight was Rory McDonald even the the resulting of stats the resulting um, numbers even say that the number of attacks the number of strikes whether it was a leg kick whether it was a ground strike and, or an ordinary, ordinary strike um, takedowns included as well there was one takedown that Rory managed to get in um, but overall you can clearly see who the winner was but and somehow just somehow the judges came to the conclusion that the win should go to his opponent Gleason T- um, Tibor Tibor uh, T- or Tibor um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly guys but the win went the other way which was a complete shock even to me um, so, as he rightfully said in the post um, press conference there, and the camera, the the cameraman that was who was whoever was handling the camera was doing um, his due diligence and was focusing the camera on both Rory and the um, other person in question that's involved, um, um, Gleason himself. So Gleason himself. So um, you know, it, it's kind of crazy, and this has happened before when, when Max Holloway fought um, Alexander Vol- Volkanovsky back in um, sometime last year in um, Abu Dhabi in, on Yas Island. It was strange; you could see who the bad fighter was in the fight. Max Holloway, obviously, he was giving it his all, was fighting like a like a warrior in that fight in the octagon. And for some reason, just it was crazy. Even Dana White concurred uh, with what everybody was saying that you know uh, was Max Holloway was the clear winner. And, I really, really don't understand this. The numbers themselves, you can kind of just look 
at the uh, numerical data and you can come to your own conclusion who the winner is who, who clearly the winner who the winner clearly is and somehow just somehow these guys just say no the win actually goes to this person the other person who has who has scored less points not more points but less points i mean the only reason i can think of that i can that comes to mind as to why um Tibor probably took the win instead of uh, mcdonald's instead of rory probably and this may sound so silly or it may sound so logical to some people um it's the closest thing i can think of but maybe it's because of the fact that that McDonald pokes this guy in the eye probably two or three times during the whole fight. Maybe that's the reason why. I know eye pokes are not not allowed in MMA. Of course, different organizations have their own have their different you know rules and standards. But something like an eye poke, I mean, surely PFL it must also be illegal as it is in the UFC, and as it is, I'm sure in Bellator and One Championship and other similar organizations excuse me so um yeah the whole thing was just crazy and it's just wow i mean the first time i heard of this i saw it with max Holloway. i thought okay this, this is just like a one-off i'm sure it rarely happens but now it's happened again though this is outside of the ufc in a different complete in a completely different organization and it's kind of see i watched the whole fight yeah it was entertaining especially after the first after the first eye poke in the first round and um which came from uh, mcdonald but after the eye poke you know the the two guys really started against really as and i mean really started to get into the fight were fighting like crazy uh well not like crazy but uh things became much more entertaining and much more um you know much more enjoyable as in as they really as they really got into the fight um, you know, McDonald's was trying, although he succeeded once, he got one takedown in there. Um, he was trying and trying and trying to um, get Tabu into onto the ground, but Tabu just wouldn't, uh, just wouldn't um, fall down. Even in one point where he nearly got and he got him onto the ground, still it was quite unsuccessful, and uh, Tabu was back on his feet in no time. So um, it'll be interesting to see if the I'm not sure who, who's responsible for this, if the judges or or the commission. The Athletic State Commission in the U.S., whoever, whichever body is responsible for for judging uh, combat sports in the United States, in the particular state where this um, where this PFL um, event took place, if they can get that overturned, I'd be happy. I'm sure many fight fans would be happy. I know a lot of fight fans who were communicating and tweeting about this on on Twitter, on Instagram, on whatever social media platform. McDonald confirmed himself. Rory McDonald confirmed that you know a lot of people agreed with him that they scored the fight independently themselves, and they agreed that the win should have gone to him and not to his opponent. So it'll be interesting to see and what they do about this because I've heard stories about these judges how they can just come out with these ridiculous results, and when when everybody can see who clear who, even if both fighters perform at their best, if it's going to be a draw, then okay, that's probably um a little bit more well not more but somewhat more bearable let me say somewhat more somewhat more bearable um but to say that the other person has won and you can clearly see that they haven't that they haven't the performance really doesn't support that then that's where you, people start to get upset and concerned <laughs> where if they get this overturned and get it reversed then i'd be happy um, I'd be really happy, but let's see what happens. 
now the other um point that's going to make the other topic i wanted to, wanted to discuss was the anderson silver versus chavez junior boxing match now i didn't know that that actually been scheduled and i didn't know that that age yeah i didn't know that that had been scheduled and i had no idea that that fight had actually taken place uh, it did take place uh just i think was it this past sunday or saturday but it took place this past weekend so so i'm going to look at that and I'm going to watch the fight probably before I give my own opinions on that fight. Um, because I want to do, I want to basically give my own analysis properly. But guys, I hope you've enjoyed this. And I hope you have beard and listened through and painstakingly to the end. If you watched to this end, thank you. I just hope that my stuttering and uh, tongue twisting of words didn't put you off. Uh, if you can catch me on Instagram. My name is IcoJoko1. On Twitter and on Facebook, my name is IcoJoko. Um, I am trying to get a co-host to cut to podcast with me and it's going to be an international sort of thing but uh i'm going to see if i can make that happen that is in the pipeline it is in the works uh so let's see i'll, I'll see if that I can get that going i know it, can, it will help the podcast grow because it's far more entertaining to listen to listening to two people who who have the sh- same who share the same interest in a particular topic um, in this case mixed martial arts but it's far more entertaining to hear them talk um, and share their opinions on the whole mass on anything that's going on in the sport and in the wider community as well. So, guys, uh, yeah, you can also catch my podcast. Sorry, that is in the works and I'm trying to make that happen. You can also listen to my podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes and on Google Podcasts. And yes, uh, all I can say is please do leave a like if you, do like if you did like this video. And don't forget to subscribe if you do enjoy my content. Thank you very, very, very much.